1: A CEO I used to work with used the strategy to create a plan for the plan, and when we appeared that we were getting stuck trying to create an actual plan for the next big thing that we were supposed to be working on, he would tell me to schedule a meeting to create a plan for the plan, a meeting to discuss what would need to go into a plan since we don't really have a big picture understanding of what the whole plan should be. It was a good strategy for taking action and moving forward. Our guest, the exceptionally well-known Steve Johnson, has a similar tool for product projects called the Planning Canvas. It's an organized canvas consisting of six categories for creating a product plan. And I think you'll find it helpful for planning regardless of where you are in a project, the very beginning or developing or launching. And remember, we always take notes for you. You'll find a written summary of all the insights that Steve shares in our discussion at theeverydayinnovator.com 265. There's also another really good reason to go there to theeverydayinnovator.com 265. That's because there's a bonus question I asked Steve that we don't talk about in this podcast, but is actually in the show notes. And of course, you'll find a graphic of the planning canvas, which is a really good tool to download. Now, let's talk with Steve. Steve, welcome back to the Everyday Innovator podcast. Glad to be here. It was a pleasure seeing you in November. We were at a product conference together, and that was great fun. And we got to talk about a few things. And one was some work that you've been doing, and you've been doing it for a while now. But this planning canvas is a thing I wanted to dive in with you about. And This is part of your work at under 10, and this is called the under 10 planning canvas. Just give us some context around that.
2: Cool. Well, you know, I started under 10 back in 2012, after 15 years as a founding instructor at Pragmatic, and so many of the places I worked with said, we need help implementing what we learned, and they would say they love the Pragmatic process, and unfortunately, the Pragmatic framework is not a process. It's a framework. It's a bunch of activities, but it's not, you know, a process. So I've instantly found when I started my consulting business, had the need for defining process, but every organization is unique. Mm -hmm. So what works for your organization may not work for my organization. So I created a planning canvas to say, all right, before we start building something, you know, what are the business artifacts that we need? And once we do start building something, what are the technical artifacts that we need, and so forth. And I've worked with a number of companies over years, including Pragmatic, on what are the artifacts and activities we need to go from idea to market. And that's what the Planning Canvas is about.
1: Okay, so this is for a product manager, and product management team, to get Mm -hmm. their hands around what actually needs to get done. There's lots of different approaches out there to product management. The experience that you were connecting it to there at Pragmatic was they give us a bunch of building blocks But there's not necessarily a timeline or framework for how those come together. And this helps to address that.
2: Right. Okay. And in some ways, it's almost like a framework of frameworks or a method of methods. Some organizations are doing design thinking and some people are doing safe and some people are doing the other thing, but they don't really have a full process from I've got an idea and we're making money. Mm -hmm. And this is trying to stitch that all together in a way that still makes it simple enough that you can put your brain around it. One of the sessions I did, they showed me their process diagram, which was 37 pages of flowchart, uh, flow chart and nobody could explain it to me, mm-hmm. which is where I got to under 10. Let's have under 10 steps in going mm-hmm. from, I've got an idea to we're making money.
1: Yeah, we can make it more complicated than we need to. And I always go back to the customer problem, right? We'll let that Total. be a guiding light and that will organize so much of what we do. The canvas itself, I'm going to put the canvas in the show notes and encourage everyone listening to go check that out so you can have a visual here and whatever other materials you give to us, Steve, to help explain this, I will put that in the show notes as well. Great. But why don't we walk through this for people that are just listening right now. Can you kind of describe it for us first?
2: Well, most Process diagrams are linear for a start. You start over here on the left, and you go through here and here and here and here, you go through some sort of staging or some sort of gate or whatever. But they tend to be linear, yet we live in a, a very recursive or iterative world. So the beginning is the shape is a honeycomb. It's a circle rather than a line. Okay. And at the core of it, if you can imagine... A 6 pedal at the center of it is learning. Because at every step of the way, we're going to be learning. The first step we call um, discovery. We've identified maybe a persona or a market or a problem that we want to build a product around. We go through a discovery phase, which means we need some sort of customer discovery notes and some research and some experiments and some observation and we write all that stuff down and we then move to a commit. All right, we found this problem. We've looked at a bunch of different problems. We've done what we call opportunity scoring and we've identified something we want to go forward with. We need the executive team or your investors to commit the funds necessary to turn that into an idea. And that's kind of the first two steps of that honeycomb or that flower. Then we go to the technical bits. Now that we've got an idea for a product, what are we going to build? And that's where you get into defining your personas and your requirements and your stories and your acceptance criteria, which you then sit down with your dev team or your technical team and say, you know, here's the input, right? let's solution it. Let's do our design thinking, or let's do our story mapping, whatever method we use to articulate how we're going to solve the problem, and then define what our success criteria are going to be. And then while that's going on, we prepare to get the product into market. So that's the third pair of petals in my little flower here. And <clears throat> there, we're thinking about how are we going to get this into the market? What is our launch strategy? What are our launch goals? What are our OKRs? How are we going to empower our marketing team and our sales team? And what do we need to get the product into the market?
1: Mm -hmm.
2: So visually, it's six hexagons around a core called learning. And at each step of the way, we learn as you engage with the market, you learn things. And then as you explain it to your executive team, they say, oh, well, what about this and this and this and this? You're like, oh, shoot, I learned some more stuff. I have to now go validate. And it's not serial. You always keep coming back to the learning aspect. And so what we've done with the canvas is say, here are the major steps. And they're not necessarily serial, Uh but At this step, what are the artifacts and activities we need to go through? Who do we need to communicate with? What are the artifacts that we deliver? And that product playbook is really um, the focus of what I do at under 10, is working with teams to develop their own playbook based on the concepts that I've put in my book.
1: Yeah, I love this idea. I'm a sucker for a good canvas as it starts with, right? But I love this idea for getting all the key information on one page about what the larger plan is. And like you said, this is a plan for planning. And I once was in a startup and our founder used that phrase a lot because sometimes we just feel kind of stuck. Like we have to figure all this stuff out. Like, no, let's just make a plan to figure it all out. Like, oh, okay, let's first have a discussion about what are the pieces here to get our hands around, and then we'll dive in a little bit deeper.
2: These pairs of flower petals that I've been talking about break out that way as well. The first step is discovery, and that's paired with commit, which is actually a planning step and an execution step. Hmm. And then we go into describing for our dev team, and then they create the thing we've decided to build, which, guess what, is planning and and then execution. And then we plan to deliver. Okay, there's our planning. And then we actually connect with the market, and there's our execution. That makes sense.
1: And so hopefully everyone will go check out the show notes. That's at com slash 265. But think of it, this as like the lean cycle of learn, build, measure, where we're mm-hmm. going around the circle bit. this is meant to be an iterative. But you also, as you discussed it, right, you discussed it in the order that we tend to tackle things, and we're doing loops within in that as new learning Correct. comes up.
2: Correct. And yet, here's the interesting part. I've almost never started at the beginning. Hmm. As I reflected on my own career and some of the consulting work that I've done, I came into a company a few years ago, and they had already built the product or were well on the way. And I thought, well, I don't want to derail what they're doing. I need to go out and learn what I need to know about validating this product that they're building. But mostly I need to get ready for launching. Mm-hmm. And it may be a disaster, right? Who knows if they built the product because there was a real market need. But right. I'm the new guy. You know, let me not say, I hey, hang on, everybody takes six months off while I learn about the market. Like, let's assume somebody had some good ideas here and go forward. Let me get mm-hmm. ready for the deliver and the connect. And then as I'm doing my learning for that, I start validating the work that we're already doing. And I'm ready to come around again the next time. And say, all right, now we're ready to start working on MVP too. Yep. I'm well, really glad version glad you, point two. Yeah, I'm really glad you said that because people jump in at different places, right?
1: You and I both as we've talked before, we both talked about this full breadth of product management from where we get ideas in the beginning all the way out to managing it through the product lifecycle, mm-hmm. staying competitive with other actions that the market is taking. Totally. <laughs> but as individual product managers, we don't often work in that full breath. We tend to work maybe in the innovation upfront part, or we tend to work in the development part, or we tend to work in the launch part. And a lot of us are working with existing products. We're trying to make them better to compete in the marketplace. Right. And you can jump in anywhere in this canvas to the work that you're doing Then,
0: Hey, Dad, I think you should interrupt this interview to tell your listeners something important. Oh, what's that? You should tell them about your new mini course. Oh, okay. What do you suggest? You could interview yourself.
1: Okay, how would that work?
0: It would go like this. Hi, Chad. Tell me about your new mini course. Thanks for asking, Chad. I just published the second edition of my book, Turning Ideas into Market-Winning Products. The mini course covers some of the key ideas from the book. Brilliant! What sort of ideas? You'll discover what to do as a product developer, manager, and innovator methods for finding and testing ideas that lead to valuable products customers love, how to really use the minimal viable product approach, and much more. Splendid! Is it free? Yes, it is, and you don't need the book to get value from the mini course. Capital, how much time do I need to complete the course? I made it short. Each lesson is only five minutes. And you'll receive a new lesson every two days in your email box. Wow! Where can I get it? Just head over to www.TheEverydayInnovator.com slash book. Huzzah! What was that again? www.TheEverydayInnovator.com slash book.
1: Um, there's just one problem. I can't speak with an English accent.
0: Oh, no problem. I'll do it for you.
2: (laughs) And what tends to happen with me and my consulting is they pull me in on the describe part. They're like, Mm -hmm. we're really struggling to get product management working well with development. And Mm. we get in there and then we start asking questions like, well, where do these problems come from or what market research supports it or are you sure that's really the persona? And we find that we actually have to go backwards in the wheel right? and say, all right, well, the product managers need to go off and do their discovery while development goes off and keeps building what we've got. But let's make sure we're building the right thing. Okay. And I think that's really the essence of what I try to do at under 10 is helping teams both build the right thing and build the thing right.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, both are very important. This notion of jumping in and how you use this, one of the benefits of a one-page canvas, any canvas tool we look at, including this one, is it's a great collaboration tool, and Mm -hmm. you can take it to the different parties involved. And in the example you just described of being asked to come in and help with that, describe, create the interface between what product is doing and marketing the rest of the organization and fixing things there, so to speak, right? That takes you into other areas. So much of the time, people just aren't literally on the same page. They have different understandings of what we think we're doing. And having these kinds of tools, this one-page plan, helps you identify, oh, that's what you were thinking. That's what these Mm -hmm. people are thinking, and we need to get on the same page together. Right. Really useful. And along with that collaboration is also building some trust in the process, too, right? And I'm sure you've seen this, where maybe marketing has the information that product actually needs, And they're just not used to sharing it, or there might have been some conflicts that came up in the past, and there's some issues there. And and trying to get people on the same page helps build trust also.
2: Definitely. And I've built into my version of this canvas an executive briefing, Hmm. a development briefing, a marketing briefing, which is a bidirectional meeting that says, okay, here's what product's bringing to the party. And development says, okay, well, here's what we have. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of an aside here, but years ago, there, I was working with a team that was really dysfunctional, and they were arguing about the precision of stories. And I finally said, you know what, let's all get into a room, and we're going to write stories together until we agree on what the right level is. And, it, and it, was, it was terrible. On the one hand, the product managers were saying, it needs to be better. Or as a user, I want it to be better, mm-hmm. right? And the developers were saying, you know, which fields of the database do you, you know, want this to update? Right.
1: What and does so they better were, mean?
2: Yeah. <laughs> so neither one of them had an idea of what the right level of precision is. But yep. I find with planning or with any sort of communication... Having two-way communication is the key of, of saying, here's what I've learned, and your counterpart says, well, here's what I need to know, and let's mm-hmm. find where that middle ground is.
1: Okay. i like to step through these in a little bit more detail. You gave us a great overview, and so we'll just take two or three minutes for each of these to walk through. And we might as well start with Discovery again. That's the first petal and the six-petal flower with learning at the middle. So tell us the things that would take place in Discovery.
2: Okay. And I'll provide you an example of what I consider to be a default version or some of the things that I recommend, like in discovery, we need to get clear on who it is we're discovering from. I mean, who is this potential customer that we're building for? So what are your target personas? What are the problems that they're having? Which means we've done some customer interviews or better yet, customer observation to identify the Uber problem that we're trying Mm -hmm. to solve. And in working with our teams, we'll start talking about how we might likely solve that. And this is one of those places where I want product management to take a back seat to the development team and the design team in terms of solutioning. In discovery, we typically do opportunity scoring and defining what success looks like. Some organizations are looking for share of wallet. Some are looking for share of market. Some are looking for revenue. So what are your OKRs or your KPIs or how are you going to measure success? And those are the things that I might put in the discovery phase. In terms of between discovery and commit, we do an executive briefing and say, I've got an opportunity to flesh out this idea Stop me if you think this is a bad idea, if it's taking us in a direction you don't want to go, uh, because I'm getting ready to do some real work. Like the discovery phase would probably end up with a simple product canvas, whereas the commit phase, you'd get into maybe business modeling or a financial model, certainly some market validation research and start identifying what resources we're going to deploy. Mm-hmm. So doing resource allocation. So that's the, what are we going to build phase? That's okay. what I call future. And then in terms of what we're going to do next, we need to break that down into just like some release planning. So for this release, what is the roadmap? What are the personas and their problems? And what constraints and alternatives are, are our clients dealing with or are we dealing with for that matter? And we take that into a development meeting and they say, well, based on what you've said, Let's write some acceptance criteria. So you would come out of that development brief with a backlog that is groomed, that you've got clarity on what it is we're asking development to build with acceptance criteria, and then providing ongoing development support as they get into it. And they start going, oh, wait, this seemed really clear in our meeting, but now that I'm in it, I think I need some more clarification." So, that's during the execution where, again, product management is probably taking a less involved role and development is taking the lead. Mm-hmm. And while that's happening, a lot of product managers are also the product marketing managers. So, they're having to think about what are we going to take to market?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So, we need to start prepping up our, our launch planning with all right, what is our launch vision and our goals and our OKRs there, our success criteria there? And how do we make sure that we're ready, at least internally? Marketing has what they need. Sales has what they need. Support has what they need.
1: Okay. And ground us again. Where is this work taking place?
2: I'm in the deliver state. Okay. Stage.
1: Okay. I want to make sure I was tracking with you. That's all. Okay.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I want to be able to point to the graphic that's behind me, (laughs) but it's unfortunately not. It's in the show notes. And then finally, we'll connect with the market. And so we need to make sure that the whole company is ready to take orders, and, and I had a funny one years and years ago. It was the first big launch I'd ever done, and we had taken out a big ad in an industry publication, which was the first time I'd ever placed an ad, and didn't have the concept of landing pages back in those days, and so we just had an 800 number for more information, and we got huge feedback. I mean, the market was so excited about this new idea, And yet we forgot to tell the people on the 800 number. So suddenly the phone starts ringing. Our receptionist picks up the phone. People are asking for this product and she's going, we don't even have that. What are you doing? Stop calling here. Oh, no. And one of my sales friends was walking through and heard her say this and said, oh, no, no. We launched a new product today. She's like, well, somebody should have told me. So, yeah, we were not quite ready operationally. Right. So you're looking at, are we ready for the market? Is sales ready? Is support ready? Is the receptionist ready? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that's the connect phase. And throughout all of the phases, you're going to learn stuff, which causes you to go kind of back to the center and say, have we validated or invalidated any of our hypotheses as we went along here?
1: Mm -hmm.
2: So to me, learning is the most important step of all. And I don't quite know how to show it except as the center of my little flower diagram because you do it at every step. And one thing I love about the agile methodologies we see people deploying is they always end with a retrospective. And yet, a lot of times people say, do I really need to do the retrospective? And I'm like, well, I don't know. Do you want to get better or are you happy? (laughs) And they're like, oh, we want to get better. Then, yes, you have to do the retrospective. But we tend to do the retrospective on development process. And I would argue we should be doing the -hmm. retrospective on our business planning process, our development process, our go-to-market process, our launch process. Right anytime we've got like a process underneath this process canvas, every one of those wants to have a retrospective so that we get smarter about the market, about the business, about the product, and about all of the processes we have in place.
1: Yeah. And at the end of a, a product project. I like to involve all the different functions that were involved that the product team touched in that retrospective. Agree. So you can see what worked well that we want to keep doing. What can we emphasize and increase, do better? What were those things that, that we struggled with that we need to change and change operations? And it's a great learning opportunity for the next one. Yeah. And, and there's always a little bit of tiptoeing the first time you involve people in a retrospective type meeting. And they go by other na- names too, right? The postmortem or the after action review and things. Right. But it should be all about learning.
2: Yeah, it is totally about learning. And I've never liked the term post mortem, which implies <laughs> somebody implies died. <laughs> right. <laughs> so let's do our post-death report right, on this exactly. launch. Yikes.
1: What's that but, Yeah,
2: you know, I, I do a start-stop change approach with my mm-hmm. retrospectives. And you know, it's often really easy to just sit around and complain, but Having a framework, even for a retrospective, gives focus. So it's not just, let's just whine about it. But, okay, we did something badly. Should we stop doing it? Should we change the way we do it? And let's embrace the things we did right that we want to keep doing the way we've done. Okay.
1: That's good. When you organize the canvas, you have those six areas laid out and then columns of work that is future, next, and now. Tell us about yes that.
2: oh good catch I think of product planning on three horizons as inspired by that great article of, about the three horizons mm-hmm. and I think that it's a different kind of product management skill or a different kind of set of processes, but the stuff that we 're doing in discovery and commit is really about what future products or options are we going to bring to market. And maybe that's not really the third horizon as much as it's like the two and a half horizon. But still, it's what are we going to do in the future? Because we have to start working on it now in order for it to be ready for the future. And so we go through our business planning in terms of, again, what new features or new products or new uh, options we could be offering or new markets we could be serving. And that's all future thinking. And then when you get into describe and create, you've committed to an idea, and we now need to break it into, well, what are we going to do next? So to me, next is the stuff we're working on now. And then the third column, the delivery and connect, that's about the product we have delivered now. So in terms of using those words differently, the discovery and commit is about future product. The describe and create is about the product we will have next or very soon. And then the third grouping is deliver and connect for the products we have already, the products we have now. And in my ideal world, as I work with teams on defining roles and responsibilities, those are three very different job descriptions. One is a business planning role. One is a technical role. One is a go-to-market role. And what I like about breaking it out that way is, say, if I'm a product growth manager or a product marketing manager, I'm focused on the product we have now. I I don't really care about the next release or the next product. I'm really focused on and motivated to focus on expanding the success of the products we have in the field today.
1: Good. So... As you're talking through this, I'm also thinking about portfolio planning, where we have a number of projects going on at the same time. And that this canvas could be used as another lens into the portfolio, where we say, here's what's in discovery and commit now that we're thinking about Mm -hmm. for the future. Um, And that might be an overall program, or it might be specific opportunities to improve specific products or product lines. Mm -hmm. And describe and create then would be more at a project level, the things that we're planning on doing, Mm -hmm. improvements. And then, of course, Deliver and Connect is where are we now with getting new products into the marketplace and supporting them.
2: Right. Exactly. In fact, I would think of what you just described as your roadmap. Okay. The now is what you've done, and we need to embrace the fact that, oh, by the way, I know you guys think we sit around and pray ping pong all day long, but (laughs) – Look at all the stuff that we've accomplished and that is available now to our customers. The next column of your roadmap is what can you expect next? And then the third column is what can you expect in the future? And yep. I think uh, that, in effect, if you reverse the columns right. of this planning canvas, you've effectively got your roadmap yeah. format. Yeah,
1: at a high level, really good information for the team to know what is coming. Totally. Okay, that's good. Really good. I like that. Okay. Anything you want to wrap up with on the canvas?
2: Well, back to your portfolio comment. When looking at a portfolio, it's likely you'll have products in any of those states. Mm -hmm. Again, it's not like you start at the beginning and you go to the end. It's circular. And yet any product may be in the commit phase or the delivery phase or the describe phase. So as a product manager, you might find yourself, if you had multiple products, with very different kinds of, of daily duties, depending on what product you're working at.
1: Mm -hmm. That's good. Okay. I like it. I have so many other questions I could ask you, but I'm going to be respectful (laughs) of our listeners time too, because they know what to expect here. And maybe we'll get into some of those things later as well. As you know, and listeners know, I love innovation quotes. What did you bring
2: for us? Well, my favorite quote of late is nothing seems hard to people who don't do it. Hmm. And I was thinking of it in the context of this canvas. So often you'll hear somebody say, well, you know, how hard is it? I mean, it's just software, you know, right. it's, it's just dot, 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 whatever. And when they see all of the artifacts and activities that make up this canvas, I think a lot of people suddenly realize that it's not just God spoke to me in a dream or I met a guy in a bar and then the next step is launch. Mm-hmm. There's a lot that goes in between and right. one sentence from a sales rep or an executive or an analyst turns into months of work for development and marketing and product management.
1: Yep. One of my friends is the CEO at a company that does energy management systems and they were looking at the, the number of decisions that are involved in creating a new version of the product and kind of just looking back, you know, what was the difference between version one and two and version two to three? And I believe that the estimate they came up with was 20,000 decisions (sighs) to go from one version of the product to the next version. Right.
2: And it's like, huh. That's frightening, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Like over the course of several months working on a product project that there's a lot of things that you have to deal with.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the canvas is one way, at least, of writing down, well, we know it's these artifacts and activities go here and here and here and here Mm -hmm. as a way of getting visibility into what it is we're doing.
1: Yep. Yep. Good. Really good. I appreciate the information. And the innovation course. Uh, I ask those, frankly, Steve, because it's one way to inspire us. And as product managers, sometimes oh, we kind of just get stuck. Sorry,
2: not sorry. No. quote did not do that.
1: I, I think it actually did, right? Because okay, good. We, we all relate to each other a little bit better when we go, yeah, our job is not well understood by people outside of what we do. And mm-hmm. we need ways of helping to explain what we do so well. And it's good the brotherly, sisterly interaction of <laughs> we can commensurate with each other. But. Also, it, it, part of that inspiration comes in the fact being in product management is really special, and we can argue for any of the roles in a company are necessary right that 's why they 're there. But I think the role that we get by with is really the center of the world because we are literally cross functional and often are in the center of the organization with how we interact. Mm-hmm. And it's this amazing role that we get to create the new future revenue streams for organizations and put new things out into the world. So I think we should all be inspired and want to take time for commenting on that. For people that want to follow up, find out more about the work you do. This is one of the tools at under 10. Tell us about the tools you have available.
2: Okay. Well, I've got uh, a number of key articles on my website at under10consulting.com, or the short version is u10.me is an -hmm. alias. There's also a page for my book, which I happen to have right here, Mm -hmm. Turn Ideas into Products, available on Amazon. And I also work with teams to help them implement the best practices of product management and apply them or adapt them to the realities of their business. Mm -hmm. And so you can find out more about that at under10consulting.com.
1: Excellent. As always, Steve, it's a pleasure having you part of the podcast and just getting to know the work that you do. It brings clarity. Every time I talk with you, you bring clarity to what we do in product management. And I greatly appreciate your work in that space.
2: Well, thank you very much. And I love the podcast. You have so many interesting guests. I hope I'm one of them.
1: Most definitely. And we will do it again (laughs) as well. Thanks so much, Steve. All right. Thanks again for listening to The Everyday Innovator. This is where you become a product master. We had a great discussion with Steve, and I loved how he talked about those six categories that goes into a plan. Discover, which is a planning phase. Commit, which is an execution phase. And then we repeat that planning execution work and describe and create and then finally in Deliver and Connect. we will find the written summary and a bonus question that we haven't talked about in this episode yet at com slash 265. Keep innovating. Thank
0: you for listening to The Everyday Innovator, which teaches product managers to become product masters. For more resources, please visit theeverydayinnovator.com.